G's BBQ and A. Putting Florida barbecue on the map once again. Gary Park, your pitmaster, me, Steve Sutton, your host. We are hanging out today, the podcast that is one by one changing the world as we know it. At least the way people look at barbecue in the world. Right. Now, uh, you, your first your first duty as a uh, podcast loyalist is to uh, head off to the G Slow Smoke Barbecue Facebook page. Click like. If you have any questions or anything that you want to ask us, please feel free to, because we'd love to know about it and maybe even do a podcast about it. Definitely. And talk about the things that are on uh, on top of your mind as it, we... Uh, yeah. Especially if it's worthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Normally it is. Some of the stuff we come up with, I don't know where we came up with it, but uh, uh, today, today's topic, and this is going to be completely self-serving because of something that I bought on Sunday. Oh, I found there's a new butcher shop up on uh, Roosevelt Boulevard here in uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. It's called Southern Steer. Okay. And I will say they are a little bit higher right. end. Most, most but butchers are. I think, I think it's a well worthwhile product. And I looked and I debated as I paced up and down, and oh God. I bought my first tri-tip. Oh, nice. Okay. Very nice-looking piece of meat. And for those of you who don't know, I think I think tri-tip is sort of the holy grail of uh, of smoking in the backyard. Yeah, that you know, and tri-tip too. That's more of a uh, when I think of tri-tip, I think of unfortunately you know, California out mm-hmm. west is kind of uh, it's very popular there. Um, I've actually done. A few uh, try tips. Mm-hmm. So, so um, like I said, today's today's podcast is going to be completely self serving. Right. Hook a brother up. Right. Tell right. Help a brother out because <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's a it's a whole new venture. And it, honestly, if it weren't for my ability to ask you about tips for cooking things like try tip, yeah. which I'd like to share with our podcast listeners, sure, sure. Uh, maybe so it kind of knocks down a little bit of that fear factor that you might have for doing it. Right. I I like to know because it's it's a different world from regular yeah. brisket flat. Yeah. Or uh. Well, it's very lean too. Yeah. It's a lean cut and it's not real real thick. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them where. Uh, I don't know what, how big one you got is. Four pounds. Okay. That's a good size. That's a pretty one. good size one. That's yeah. a good size. So, you know, you think of that, you think of maybe a small brisket, um, you know, uh, uh, oh. the, uh, not the point. The, the flat. The flat. You yeah. Know, and that's kind of what you think about. Right. And you're probably going to cook it very similar. Yes. Now, now with me, because it is lean, you do have to be careful. And there's a couple things that you can do that, that I, well, I'll tell you how I kind of do it is. You know, you can even, when it gets, if you got a lean piece of meat in competition cooking, especially like with brisket, we like to inject them. Right. That adds some moisture to it as it will cook cook out, but it will keep it moist too as you're cooking. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Steve, I would just season it no no different other, uh, as far as your dry rubs go. Right. I'd put it on the same way as your actual brisket that you do, your lean brisket. Because mm-hmm. I know you cooked one not long ago, turned out really good. I would pretty much do it the same way. Now, a couple of things that you can add to your arsenal, too, at home is when you get it up, because with tri-tip, I wouldn't cook it up, though, to that temperature. Not going up to 200 no, before you pull it. No, no. I mean, honestly, because that's going to be sliced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to treat it like a like a you know, piece of steak, uh, beef, where you get it like medium, medium well. Yeah. You know, that, type, that way. Um, I kind of like my stuff, unfortunately, pretty well. Yeah. So, but you know, in the 150s and 160s, 165, um, you know, I, and that's something that you can probably kind of play around with at home too. Sure. To whatever your liking is. Um, but the one thing that can help, you can inject it, dry rub, smoke it to that. You can even, if you want to put it in a pan, that's fine. 
You can add, add, actually add some moisture to it as far as um, beet broth or anything in the bottom of the pan. Okay. Um, that would probably help you keep from drying out so much. The other thing is if you – I've actually wrapped mine, and once I wrapped it with the, in foil, you can add some more, more beef broth or butter. Right. Do your butter and stuff in there, too, and wrap it and get it up to that temp, and I think that will help tenderize it as well. Get it up to where – to. 175 ish or where do, where do we where do we wrap and where do we finish because like you said you don't want to go up to over 200 right around the yeah. 200 neighborhood with which right. is for regular brisket right you know and reason being is because it, it's so lean it don't have the fatty in it mm-hmm. now unless the piece you got is got fat in it but generally they don't yeah I, I would it's pretty lean cut meat you know it's almost like cooking a uh, uh, a hamburger or something yeah even though it's got fatty in it um but I would, you know, honestly, I would use the, the, your, your temperature probe when you check it. I would see what makes it tender when you're pushing it in the probe. You can use, if you don't have that, you can actually use a toothpick or something, see how tender it goes in, or even slice some of it, too, you know. Yeah. But um, I always like to get mine into the um, 160, 170s range and then try it from there. Okay. Could you go higher? I think if it has more fatty in it, but it's a pretty lean cut piece of meat, so I'd be careful on that. Right. It'd get really dry on you. Okay. So. Well, I, I know that I know that uh, for for beef, one, one, isn't 165 considered? Well, one th- 130 is medium. Okay. Like if you're cooking a steak, for example, right. 130 is medium. Obviously, you get up higher than that, 135, 140, start getting into the medium well. Okay. And stuff like that. Anything over... 150 55 you know then they say it's a piece of leather (laughs) (laughs) but actually i like mine i literally like my steak i know this is weird as a meat guy is i like mine kind of uh medium well well yeah i just do i I just do well i'm looking to basically I'm, i'm looking to end up with a very very lean brisket right to slice and to have for you know for for a sandwich purpose and maybe use up half of it Right. For uh, for burnt ends because it does taper down to pretty thin yeah. at the uh, at the end of the cut. Right, and you know with the with the like I said, you could almost treat the tri tip like a steak. Yeah, you can even come down in the temperatures. I only say one sixty five. That's kind of probably what I like. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if you like yours more medium medium well, I would you could go to one thirties one forties and just try it from there and see if that's what really what you like. See, you the, know? The, the other thing that I'm, I'm wondering is, this is obviously gonna be a lot more labor intensive because you wanna watch that temperature so it doesn't yeah. get too high. Right. And it obviously will cook faster than a regular uh, brisket flat or a point. Yes, yeah. You know. yeah. You know, another thing you can try too, if you want to stay in that low range of temperature, um, because you know, it usually takes a little time to get a bark on them. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna just smoke them, then I would get it in the 120s maybe, high 120s, maybe wrap it from there and then let it go up in the 130s or maybe get it in the 130s, wrap it and go up from there and, okay. see, where, and see where you're at with it. Because so. I mean, I'm, and I've, I am falling in love with 225 yep. as my go-to. Now, I think that's a good, comfortable, if you want to call it that, temperature. Yeah. Good all around. How about that? I think because it's one of the best all around temps to cook at. And, and my, my entire uh, outlook has changed. Right. Because used, I used to think, you know, 275 is not offensive. That doesn't no. hurt anybody's no. shit. But now that I've seen the success that I've had, and it's success with brisket, uh, ribs, yep. Yep. with pork butt. Yep. You know, and, it's and, a matter and, of time. Chicken. Yeah, 275, 300 with chicken, I think, is a good temperature to cook at. Um, and now, folks, we're talking about actual what what you're cooking at heat wise temperature not internal temperature right you know yeah so 
making sure we clear that up. Yeah. Yeah. I cooked my chicken. It was 250 internal. It was yeah. so dry it burned. It blew away. <laughs> I picked the lid up and it <laughs> gone. It's it's something. And like I said, I don't know whether it is the Holy Grail, but it's something that I'm curious enough now. And I feel like I've got the, uh, uh, I hate to say skill set, but I, right. that's what it is. Yeah. You know, I've got a better awareness of well, where temperatures need to be. Yeah, you do, Steve. And, you, and you, we'll, we'll touch back on, and you've said it many times. Um, don't be scared to, you to know, try. try stuff. Yeah. And in this case, with a tri-tip, you know, that's a, that's a I like tri-tip. It's got try in its name. There you go. So, why you, not? You don't try and don't tip the scale one way or the other. Exactly. <laughs> don't, don't tip it to where it gets up to 200 degrees or the dog's going to be eating good again. Right. But, you know, <laughs> I think if you started, even if you start seasoning it up real good to your liking, whether you use, uh, you know, whether it was pecan rub or a good beef rub, for example, or brisket rub or something like that, and a little salt and pepper. That's all I use is yeah. salt and pepper. Yeah, do both sides and maybe start it right on the right on the grates. See what kind of good bark you can get. Once you get it up to that temp where it's got a decent bark to it, mm-hmm. you know, obviously check the temp. Pull it, maybe wrap it then, or even put it in a pan, but you probably wrap it, then that's where, Steve, you can add a little bit of broth in it. Yeah. You know, because it ain't going to leak out the foil. Add your butter, put butter right to the top. Add a little more rub to it if you got it. Yeah. And and um, cover it up and, and let it go. And that'll help tenderize it, I think, too. What Give it some the, more flavor. Another thing that, uh, as I was looking around, and of course, everybody's got a different opinion on how to cook everything. And oh, yeah. I, I have gone through the Google search and gone on uh, YouTube to see how, how guys are doing it. And one of the things that I've always failed on is... Uh, is missing out on the butter aspect of it right, for right, everything. Right. You know, when everything that you're going to wrap, you'll yeah. have a chance to give it a butter bath before you wrap right. it up. Now, the other, the, speaking of butter, I'll, I'll tell you, you can probably stop at the store on the way home. <laughs> I am. <laughs> get you, go stop and get you the blue squirt bottle of, of margin. Mm-hmm. It's already, it's kind of a liquidy yeah. squirt bottle. It's all you need. We've used many, many, many times in competition cooking. Everybody uses it. I've seen uh, Don't guys- worry about trying to get it hard and melt it. You can do that, too. Use the squirt butter; it's just as good. Well, I've seen guys that put take a little, uh, a small pan, put a couple sticks of butter in it, yep. and put some fresh yep. herbs and some garlic in that, and yep. let it melt yep. while everything else is cooking. Yep. And then kind of put that in as now, your as your base bath. Speaking of that, with the with the tri tip, you can make a compound butter, mm-hmm. and that's really good on steak as well. Any type of beef like that. Yeah. So what you can do is you take there again. You take your butter if you want to take. Uh, I wouldn't use a squirt butter. I would use just a good butter that you like. Yeah. Pull it out. Put some in the um, in a bowl. I would take your herbs, whatever spices that you like. Mm-hmm. Put, uh, obey. Who cares if that's what you like? Put it in there. Uh, mix it up real well. You then you want to take your wax paper, put it on the wax paper. Form it out like in a little roll or something. Roll it up. Put it in the freezer. Let it freeze. Okay. Let it freeze. Now, when you pull it out, it's frozen. You take your knife and you can cut little pieces off. Little pats little, off Little it. round. That's right. Little medallions. Once that tri-tip comes out, it's hot. Guess what? You take that medallions and you put them right on that meat as you slice it and you plate it. Could have thought such a thing. Now you got uh, 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 compound butter with the herbs and spices in it and mix a lot along with it. Who would have thought of such a thing? <laughs> Look at you. You, you. you just got the answers, don't you? Well, sometimes. No, <laughs> no I know just enough to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that dropped money on a four-pound uh, tri-tip. So, right. <laughs> Well, speaking of the tri-tip, what, what, what did it end up running? You say four pounds, what are they, $8, $9 a pound? Right about in there. Yeah. I mean, this place is a so little bit more expensive, bucks. 
this is this the, I'm, and like you said butcher shop's going to be a little bit more expensive oh, yeah. but it's also will you find a tri-tip in the normal places right. where you're going and getting things right you know and well it's, what we'll do one day steve is you know well, that's a good idea um because right now we're just kind of shooting off the hip but it, as we talk about it um i buy them i buy them from my distributor mm-hmm. and they come in a case so there might be 10 or 12 in a case i don't I, i'm not sure i can't remember the last time when i ordered them yeah that'd be a good little cook-off wouldn't it on the patio a tri-tip wow. cook-off yeah bring whatever it is that you cook whatever on you cook up weber doesn't matter you know right. you don't need nothing real big don't need and then a- i would give everybody the same piece of cut you know cut of meat you don't need a ton of time no you don't need but a you do need few the hours. investment right. yeah right Right. Right. And then you just would, and the way I would do it is, when it judged is, we'd slice it up, plate it enough, have them, say you got six judges or whatever, eight. Yeah. Put, plate at least eight pieces of it. And, and you could put whatever um, you want on a, gar- you know, whether it be compound butter, mm-hmm. if you want a dipping sauce, a, 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 a horseradish, or ooh, anything ooh. like that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Son. <laughs> now you got my attention. <laughs> it's almost too nice a cut of beef to have horseradish. Because yeah. when my mom cooks, my mom grew up in Germany and cuts okay. the beef there, not great. That's why right. they make sauerbraten. And that's why a lot of the beef that you have is just cooked way, 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 way past what you would normally cook a piece right. of beef. Right. And they'll serve it with a horseradish sauce, a horseradish gravy, and uh, potatoes. Because it, it ain't German if it ain't got potatoes on it. That's right. I, I don't care what you You, you can tell nope. me all that fancy Bavarian cooking with the sugar. and all, No. No. Nope. The yep. Prussians are the Prussians are serving potatoes, you know, because <laughs> it's all, they're almost, all, you know, the right. meat is almost tougher than the potatoes. Right. <laughs> to start off with. We must be in Russia. <laughs> yeah. Close to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, that's just the way that they've cooked beef. Which isn't the best beef in the world because there's not a lot. To, it's right. It's a harsh. It's, it's really qual- a surprisingly harsh climate. Yeah, just the quality, and they don't have the. the I'm sure they don't have the pastures and the fields, right? The cows, you know, and things like that. So you know, and the cows they grow up wearing those little helmets with the spikes on top, anyway. Oh my gosh! So, I know. I can do that. I can. I can. Uh, I can profile. Those. Those are my people. Right. But uh, you know, I, I would. I'm thinking a nice horseradish sauce with that would be aces on. Yep. That's yep. an interesting way to look at it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I, I I don't know that I wouldn't necessarily eat it with that, mm-hmm. but I know it's pretty popular. It'd be an interesting way beef. to serve it right. if you happen to take part right. in the tri-tip cook-off. That's right. That maybe it's, you know what, once things cool off a little bit, yep. and believe us, it will happen. You I don't, mean, you it's, don't it's see got any, to. You don't, good <laughs> night, man. Throw a tri-tip on the ground right now and cook. <laughs> <laughs> the pavement it's just it's just ridiculously hot man yeah it truly is this is the the summer that uh you know obviously i've lived in florida all my life so i've been through some hot hot times and hot summers but sometimes they're just you can feel it worth more than others and this is one of them yeah. i think for me personally it's it's been a painful one i mean it's been you know a little on the rough side it has it has you know, and good, good Lord for the animals. Oh my God! Yeah. Please protect them animals. Don't leave them in no car. Yeah. My God. I've, I've always made it clear that if, uh, uh, if if I see an animal locked in a car, I'll take a look around. If the car's running and the air conditioner's on, yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Uh, but even still, the dog's going to be anxious because you're not there anyway. Right. Uh, I will break your window. Yes. Yeah. And I'll worry about what happens later. Right. Right. You know, because I, I'll just say, well, officer, they ain't had a dog in the car. 
and there's no air conditioning and a window cracked half an inch doesn't count right especially yeah. if you've I've, you know i was an animal control officer for several years in clay county and obviously i've got a few of those calls you know and uh uh one of them at walmart and you know the dog was you know you sit and watch the dog and when they but when they're in distress especially when they're panting and stuff like that yeah then you got to make a judgment call. Well, it's, you know? it's, it's heat stroke. I talked to a veterinarian I know yesterday, and uh, it's just just as hot where she is as it is here. Oh, man. Poor little dog. It was a little Boston Terrier, which they aren't the best temperature controllers right, anyway because they right. got that jacked-up nose and everything. They yep. can't get enough they oxygen the, in right. as they cool need off. anyhow. That little dog's temperature was 107.9 degrees. What? That little dog was this far, and I'm holding my fingers as close as they can be without touching. Wow. That little dog was that close to wow. either death or, or permanent brain damage yeah, yeah. to where you'd have to, you'd, you'd have to euthanize it. it. Yeah. And That's it's just crazy. because people, you know what, it doesn't take those little dogs. Number one, they're about naked anyway, so they will sunburn. Right. right. Number two, they can't breathe right. And if you want to do a favor for your best friend, if you tell me that's your best friend, leave your best friend at home. Yeah, especially you now, know. you know. And I and I have seen some folks where they've left them in the cars with the windows cracked, running, and they had actually a bowl of water. Yeah. In, in there with it, and, and you know, I, I kind of stood out there and it wasn't long they were back, you know. But oh, you know, I'll, you get called, you have to respond. Well, yeah. You know, type of thing. I've so. got one of those little tap hammers, so if you end up in the lake, like everybody here in Florida does, one little <laughs> pop with that point, and that whole window comes out. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and oh yeah. Tempered glass gonna shatter. Yeah, it's it's not it's not hard to do, and you know your uh, your tinted window will actually help me out because it'll hold the glass together rather right. than go all over the place. Right. But I will go after your dog. Yeah. And if you're lucky, as a last resort, sure. I'll let you know I did it. Right. If you're not, that dog's coming home with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you halfway say it jokingly, but if that's how yeah. your head is, if that's where you are, I, I don't have any respect for you because you, you know, don't have any respect you know, for speaking an animal. Of, speaking of that, you know, a, a dog's bad enough, but when you leave your child in the back seat, I mean, don't get me wrong, the you know, some some dogs are people's child, but as far as an actual human child uh, goes, and I ain't gonna. I ain't getting left or right or anything like this on this saying this, but few folks, I can't believe it was even said that, you know, because there have been some deaths where they were left in the back, some, mm -hmm. some children in the baby seat or whatever. Yeah. So one, some of the news uh, stations um, basically said, well, one thing you can do to help prevent that is if you leave something important in the back seat mm -hmm. that will uh, remind you, you. You mean like your kid? Well, I guess that wasn't important enough. I know. So, I know. Uh, so leave something like your phone in the back seat, and you'll remember to get your kid out. I mean, we joke How dumb about is it. that? We joke about it, but you know that back in the day when you used to uh, when they used to put you up on the back shelf behind the back seat, like right. it, like your roller food, right? Like your hot dogs were cooking that way. Yep. And but I mean, I think the logic then was my parents wouldn't have forgot about me because I'd have got real quiet and they figured <laughs> I was up to something that needed a preemptive whooping. <laughs> You know, get the boy out of the back window. I need to. I need to whip him down to nothing. <laughs> well, he hasn't done anything, uh, not yet. <laughs> Maybe they've been better off they'd have left him in there. Because <laughs> uh, uh, that uh, was that was when uh, I, I know, and it's another day and age. But it was when not every car that came from Detroit or Kenosha right, or wherever right. had air conditioner. Oh man. <laughs> Well, a lot of them just had two sixty-five, two windows rolling down mm -hmm. to sixty-five. <laughs> and if you you were you were you were ritzy and everything, if you had those little vent windows up in the front, right, they could channel the air in and make a wind tunnel out of the car. Yep. You know, slow it down, going up the hill. Right. <laughs> 
but we digress. But no, we. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess you know one of my favorite places, and I've just found this out over uh, over the last week or so. You know who's got a really good selection of cookout products? Just I mean, from start where you're picking out a grill or a oh. smoker, whether you want to go with gas or charcoal or pellet. Was this Jacksonville? Ace Hardware oh, yeah, Ace, yeah. has got a they really a way. impressive selection of stuff, accessories that you might not even think about. You oh. can go in there and waste some dang money. Have you been down to one right down the road from us? I've been to that one, and I've been to the one over on University Boulevard, the Proctors and the Hayes. Yeah, the Proctors and Hayes, yep. and, and they've been around forever. Yeah, well, you know, they've uh, re- revamped their whole store, seems like. They, mm-hmm. You know, the exterior, we did a lot of things. Uh, it's actually very nice. Um, but as far as... The rubs and sauces and cooking and grills and uh, smokers, uh, all, any type of accessory you need, they got it. Yeah. I mean, they, and you know Charcoal what else? and everything. You know, uh, at least the one on University, I'm pretty sure it's over here at Hagen's, too. You know what else they do? They sharpen your knives. Yep. And, and I, that's what I did. I took them in there, and and I uh, I got two real, real nice kitchen knives at a yard sale. Right. And it's like, you know what? Cost seven bucks to sharpen yep. them. Yep. yep. Let's see what happens. Yep. Holy shankies. Yeah. And once in a while, they'll... Did they use a belt, or did they use a... There is this brand new... Uh, it's, it's a laser sharpener that's hmm. still got two wheels, really? uh, grinding wheels. Oh. But it basically takes laser pictures of everything to make sure the angle's right. Really? To get the whole cutting edge down pat. And, I mean, it's impressive to look at. And oh. uh, the guy over, uh, I can't remember what his name was over there on University Boulevard, but he said one of the chefs from Outback at uh, on Southside Boulevard right. comes in there and sharpens all of his kitchen knives for wow. once every month or so. Of course, he's doing a ton of volume, right, too. Right. You know, speaking of that, the, the, the knife, you know, that that's one of the... The tools, you know, I call it a tool, accessory, what do you want to call it? But I call it our tools here. That's one of the most important tools that we have. Right. And the thing what I do is I actually have a sharpening service, a mobile service that comes around. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll, he had a van where I think it's still in the shop or something. I don't know. Are they changing some things up? But their home base, I think, is out of North Carolina. They'll come around and basically all of our knives used to just take them and sharpen them, bring them back. Now you got like an exchange program. So we use their knives. Everything we got, like our chef's knives and uh-huh. slicers or whatever it is. How smart is that? Yeah, and he'll just swap them out. Everything stays sharp. So so every one of our knives is pretty sharp, you know. Well, the, the worst thing in the kitchen is a dull knife. Yes. That's when your accidents are going yes, to happen. Yes, I, I got enough dull people, so I need some time. <laughs> <laughs> I have to That's go cold. <laughs> Hey, brother, it's 105 degrees no, outside. He's and getting you, to me, and you got to get you got to get ice cold on these people. He's getting to me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was just thinking about that when we were, you know, we were talking about, you know, you need to pick up some accessories. Right. I'm gonna. I'm, I want to go get an injector kit. Okay. So I'm gonna yeah. try it out. Yes. And you know, use a little bit of beef broth. Yep. On the tri tip. Yep. And I know for sure that they're gonna have it. Yep, that uh, get you some beef broth or bouillon or anything like that, Steve, that you Mm -hmm. can make yourself. But just go online, as you know, you can Google, and there's a million different uh, recipes probably on there. But get just find one for like a good tri-tip injection or even even your uh, brisket injections. Pretty much it's the beef, Mm -hmm. inject it. But remember, I was telling you, just inject with the grain that'll help carry the fluid down into it instead of across it. Um, Not that it probably gonna matter a whole lot. You're not gonna be competing with it, but. But do it that way, get into the habit of it, and try it. You yeah. know, and just try it. It ain't going to hurt. Like Again, you the, said, don't be scared. The tryout thing. Yes. Yes. 
Try it out. Well, thank you. I, you know, thank you again for indulging me completely selfishly, uh, helping me out on this one. But I know that it's it's about making yeah. sure that your barbecue experience is is pleasant in your own backyard. Right. You know. Okay. Love Excited for you to, to see how it turns out. Love for you to come by the restaurant. Yeah. And eat everything that to. there is here right. because it's all delicious. But at the same time, you're going to want to think about entertaining and impressing your guests. And I'm not saying that you couldn't come by and get uh, get a whole brisket from Gary and, tell right. her, and lie of all your guests and say that you made it. First of all, they're going to say, you know, this is a lot like G's over there on Bland Boulevard. What happened? Right. Oh, I just got lucky. Yeah, right. They'll know. First time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir. G's Slow Smoke Barbecue on Facebook. Like the Facebook page. Send us your notes and comments. How you like the podcast. If there's anything that you want us to talk about in depth, yep. you know, to get you going, at least get you in a little bit of trouble. You know, as far as uh, things like tri-tip are concerned. And that's how we're going to do it. One one happy, satisfied appetite at a time, putting Florida barbecue on the map. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. There's a bunch of others up there on Spotify and wherever else fine podcasts are served. And we will catch you all next time. <laughs>